Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> You can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and as always I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hi, I'm Matt. Sorry, I was trying to do Dave's breathing, which is pretty good. <gasps> I'm Jess. And uh, I did that last week and I got nothing for it. Nothing! I'm sorry, Jess. What, what did you want, You've been money? holding on to that all week. Good on you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> nah, good on you, mate. Uh, for uh, listeners, um, Dave actually starts every episode underwater. And yeah. just as we press record... We let him he, out. He, he <laughs> comes out. He's been underwater all week. So that's what that big gasp of air is. What I actually do is uh, I don't do that. I, I, don't do the, I don't do the breathe in or the breathe out. What I actually did that, I did that on week one and I just sample it every week. Just, oh, right. Insert it in, so... So how do you breathe underwater? It's just gills. You yeah. Just use your, yeah. Old gills. Old gills. Old Come gills. on, old gills. I need this one. I need this oxygen. <laughs> so uh, the way this show works, so we need to tell people about things. We've got a few things coming up. They'll, they'll be linked in the show notes. We're going to do a few. Uh, we've got some live Brendan Fraser films, including yes. The Mummy. We've got a live uh, podcast at the Palais, the world famous 
in Melbourne, Palais. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful old theatre, which we're going to be performing next to at uh, in November. And details for all that are in the show notes. It would be so good to have you along. Um, and I'll be doing a show in Perth not too long from now, a bit of stand-up if you're over there. You can check out dogoonpod.com for the Do Go On shows and mattstuartcomedy.com for... The Matt Stewart shows. Yeah. Mm. Now that makes sense. I, was, I, I needed a jingle to remember which is which. Like, do go <laughs> on for the Do Go On shows <laughs> and mattstuart.com for the Matt Stewart shows. That's great. That's great, yeah. Except you got Matt's uh, website a little bit wrong there, but still, who Imagine cares? Imagine if I got mattstewart.com. Imagine. I'm sorry. That was a first draft, <laughs> and I think it was actually pretty fucking cute. We're going to workshop it. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. Dave, get back in the water. Jess and I have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> we sent Dave to his room, but his room is a kiddie pool. <laughs> Face down. Oh, I love summer. I hate winter. <laughs> Dave, get back out and explain this show for new listeners. <laughs> okay, so uh, what we do here is we take it in turns to report on a topic usually suggested by a listener, go away, do a bit of research, bring it back to the others who have no idea what the topic is going to be. It's a, it's a surprise every time. Mm. And to get us onto topic, it's Jess's turn to report, so she's going to ask a question. Have you written a question? Yes. <laughs> question is, which family who shared their name with a stone fruit were a vaudeville sensation of the late 1800s. The apricots. Peach family. No. Nope. Uh, the nectarines. No. Nope. The Adams family. The avocados. Smaller. The plums. Smaller. Oh. Uh, smaller. Lychees. No, they're not nuts. They're the opposite. Are they? I don't know. It's the stone fruit. Stone. They're not stones. <laughs> Have any of the things I've said been stone fruit? Yeah. And I've said apricots. Smaller than an apricot. Mm-hmm. Bloody hell, I didn't know that. What is this, nanotechnology? You give them one like a little, on a little stalk? Grapefruit. No. Grape. No. Grape, just grape. No? Oh, Similar no. to a grape? Oh, uh, cherry. Cherry! Cherries are stone fruits. Yeah, I had to Google it. They are a stone Bloody fruit. hell. Wow, we've learned a lot here today. Yeah. Learned a lot already. It's about all we've got time for. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. The Cherry family. The Cherry family, yes. Great name. Already. More specifically, the Cherry sisters. Okay, that's a great name. This has been suggested um, by Sophie, and uh, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty fun story. So, in the mid to late 1800s, the Cherry family lived on a farm in Marion, Iowa. Thomas and Laura Cherry had eight children, six of whom survived infancy. Their names were Ella, Lizzie, Addie, Effie and Jessie, and their brother Nathan. <laughs> Poor old Nathan. <laughs> and they were raised on a farm in Lynn County. Their mother, Laura, died in 1875, leaving the kids in the care of their father. And all the family, the whole family, dad and all the kids, tended to the 40-acre farm. Big farm. They were quite a poor family, but Thomas told his children stories of how they were descendants of English nobility. I think the sisters accepted this story because... um, as writer Jack L. High writes, and he has an amazing story that I um, will draw from a lot, um, he writes, These poorly dressed, barefoot and socially awkward sisters needed an ego boost and they accepted their father's family embroidery. It's kind of oh, nice. That's nice. That's nice. I mean, can we all order an ego boost when we need one? Yeah. Do you want one? Yes. Dave, you are so great. Thank you. How do you feel? Like. About the same. Ah. I, wish, I wish we took a photo before and after. Yeah, yeah that would have been better, actually. <laughs> he looked exactly the same. 
Do you want to give it a go? Because I, I didn't do a very good job, it seems. Hey, Dave. Yes? Your hair no longer looks ridiculous. Well, thank you. Delayed the gratification there. I mean, it's about 10 years since it did, but I still thank God every time yeah. I say it. Thank God. <laughs> that I don't have that hair anymore. <laughs> Such a weird thing. That it's all, you've it makes always, you feel physically sick. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you've always had great hair, Dave. No, I, I don't lie to me. sick because I was jealous. Dave. That beautiful... Flowing mane. Thank you. You are probably a descendant of someone who did something pretty impressive. Now you're talking. And yeah, German. What are some big things Germans did in the past? Oh. Oh. Some big inventions, surely, out of Germany. I think the printing press came out of Germany, didn't it? The Luftwaffe? Is that them? I don't even know what that means. The US Is that a blimp? That's the Air Force. Okay. <laughs> 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 is that then then? You didn't answer the that question. Sounds like is that sounds like a then? dessert. <laughs> mm, oh, well, I'll have one <laughs> double scoop Luftwaffe. <laughs> Luftwaffe to go. <laughs> yeah, I'll have the Luftwaffles, please. Oh, damn it. I want sweets. Um, their father, Thomas, died in 1888 when Jesse, the youngest, was 17. Nathan, having gone off to work in Chicago, never returned. Oh, Ooh. too windy. Yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, I cannot away. get out of this city. Every time I try, the wind just blows me back inside. I would think, bloody hell. Imagine living in a city where the wind blows you. I guess that's probably most cities. Yeah. They bl- but it blows you back into your own house. Yeah. And you, can't, you're, you are, like, trapped by the wind. Yeah. You are a prisoner of the wind. Wow. Wind prison. Whoa. I didn't know about that. I was, so that's when they call it the Windy City. It's sort of like it's like a police town. Yeah. Under. It's like a cry for help. Yeah. And the wind cries, get back inside. <laughs> that's how wind sounds. So Nathan never came back. No, nah, he, he, well, there's like a couple. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> hey, you know, there's all these horror movies lately. There's like that one where there's no sound. Mm-hmm. And there was that one with birds. That one's a, a bit further ago. Yeah. But maybe <laughs> maybe this one is Did where you... the wind is the baddie. Oh. oh I'm a kill you. <laughs> Ooh, and Adam Sandler plays the wind. Oh, you've got to get a key. <laughs> it's not a very good Adam Sandler, is it? <laughs> Shant man. But it's wind man. Okay. The wind man. But how do you escape the wind? You can't. Whoa. You shoot people, try and shoot guns at it. <laughs> Shooting each other. Yeah. In the end, really, aren't they? Because you just shoot through wind. Yeah, that's how it ends. Whoa. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, okay. Thanks for spoilers. Now I don't have to see that movie <laughs> that I didn't want to see anyway because I'm scared. <laughs> so, uh, thanks. Yeah, Nathan, um, he didn't come back. There was sort of like, the way it's written in a few places is that he like, he disappeared Others were sort of like, he he was kind of like, I don't want to work on this farm. I don't want to just live in poverty. Peace out. So whichever way it was, he, he didn't come back. So um, Effie wrote later that he had left his sisters orphans to battle our way through life alone. So the sisters banded together. They scraped by on what they could make from the farm's dairy output and they made a pact to stick together. They would never marry or do anything to threaten their sisterly bond. Yeah, right. Like, this is it's just us against the world. Nathan was the brother, though, so he didn't really leave them orphaned. Orphans to battle our way through right. life alone. Yeah. yeah, right. So they were like... I mean, he's also an orphan, yeah. They regretted... They held it against him that he didn't come back. Yeah, yeah. That he should have probably stuck with them or... Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, they're they're sticking together. Reading a description of them sounds <laughs> sounds a bit like putting a group of superheroes together, except their skills are really. I mean, much less full on. <laughs> so it's like, this is how it was written. It was like, Ella, the eldest, was fond of physical work, small and stout. Lizzie, the next oldest, was taller, blonde and a skilled painter. Addie, brown-haired and mathematically adept. Brown-haired. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty super. She's brown-haired. <laughs> Effie, the musician of the family and the tallest, was often told she had an apple blossom complexion with dark brown hair and mild blue eyes, she wrote of herself. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of blue? Mild. Mild. Just a mild blue. Some A lot of their names seem like they just got them out of the alphabet. There's Addie. Well, that's not really a letter. Effie. Uh, what was the first one? <laughs> Ella. Ella. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it Emma? Is there a Zeddy? <laughs> <laughs> There's no, sadly, there is no Zeddy. Gigi? <laughs> um, the baby of the family was Jessie, the delicate and babied beauty of the family in both face and soul. Oh, so she has no skills. No <laughs> skills, but she's gorgeous. Yeah, and wow. everybody just does stuff for Your her. Your job. the baby. Look hot. Yeah. Well, I don't think he said hot. Like a baby. <laughs> well, she's going to grow up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Babies grow up, Matt. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Oh, my God. Why do we have to keep explaining this to you? When have, when have you ever seen Adults a baby grow up? Adults are babies once. <laughs> have you ever seen a big what? baby? I haven't. I've yeah. never seen a big baby. Okay, so what happens to babies? I assume, you know, they... Uh, you don't know. <laughs> you don't, they, know where, don't know where babies come from? Don't know where they go. They get taken back away by those big birds. <laughs> so they just drop them here for a bit. Yeah. Okay. To look after them until they're big babies and then they go back to baby town. Ah. <laughs> and then they just live as babies in baby town. Yeah, well, big babies. And what's a big baby? A baby that's much like a really big baby. Uh-huh. So, that I mean, they're just babies that how, are big. How many... I can't put that any simpler. How many that. months or years would a baby have to live to be a big baby? Well, after two, they become big. Okay. They go. They go through their babies have a growth spurt in their uh, two to four, four period. Right. I thought you went to school. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm just asking questions. I mean, the whole point of this podcast is to to learn. Yeah. And to I'm learn, trying. To I'm laugh, trying to do to so, True. and I feel like this should be a safe place for me to ask questions uh, no, about big babies. So, sorry. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how it goes. You know, they didn't teach us that in Catholic school. Okay, we didn't learn about big oh, babies. Oh yeah, they wouldn't want you to know about that in <laughs> Catholic school. They don't stuff about big babies in Catholic school. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know. Um, so how old is this big baby now? Like well, in this period. Well, Jessie was the the youngest, and when her dad died, she was seventeen. Oh, thank goodness. So they were all like young women. So at seventeen, she's quite a big baby. Good. She's a massive baby. <laughs> You, you could almost say she's like a, she's probably like a young, like, adult. I'm not a baby. <laughs> I would say. Not yet a big baby. <laughs> All I need yeah. is time. That awkward period. That awkward time. period between <laughs> baby and big oh, baby. I hate that. You're sitting oh, at the dinner table and you can't understand what the big babies are talking about, yeah. but the li- the babies. You don't like, get at the baby table. Yeah. Oh, it's oh. Like, oh you're oh. stuck in between. It's not just standing up to eat. <laughs> Difficult. It's just awful. I, I do feel for them. Um, so they did what they what they could to get by. By the early 1890s, Ella was managing the farm and its six cows on her own, while Addie was working in a friend's boarding house in Marion. Jessie was at attending school, and Effie and Lizzie had moved into town to operate a dairy store. 
Okay. Attending school sounds like that's the kind of school I'd pass with flying colours. Actually, I didn't always attend. <laughs> but it feels like a low bar. We teach you how to attend. <laughs> She's attending school. You're, you're doing it. You're here, you're learning, <laughs> well you're doing done. it. Well If you're not here, well, that's a shame because you're the ones who need this lesson the most. <laughs> <laughs> One morning in January of 1893, Effie was out doing milk deliveries and stopped by Addie's school to just say g'day. She said, Addie, I've decided we're going to put on a concert at the Opera House. <laughs> it's so crazy in my work. <laughs> Addie's like, mm, I don't know. But Effie's like, the people will love it. The Cherry Sisters on stage. It'll be fun. Is this, this is in, in the Iowa town? Yes. In their town. So they've got an opera house in their town. It's a pretty big town? Um, I think, well, they, it must have been like a, it might have, oh, actually, I don't know. It, I think it was a fairly small town. Do they call the Scout Hall the Opera House? Yeah, it could be. I don't right. think I don't think Sydney Opera House. Okay. I think more like a any kind of theatre maybe yep. would have been called an opera house at the time. That's a good question. I'm not 100% sure, but they're doing it at an opera house. So Addie was worried about the reaction of some of the people in the town. She thought it might make their lives a little harder if people decided to mock them or dis- dislike them as a result of them putting on a show. It's sort of like being scared of putting yourself out there. Yes, tall poppy syndrome's yeah. alive and well in Iowa. Bloody hell. <laughs> um, but Effie had a reply locked and loaded. It's like she was ready for this. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I said so. And she starts punching her. <laughs> <laughs> Any more questions? What's it called? The horse bite on your knee? Was that what it was called? Yeah, Does that have yeah. another name as well? Or just it's called the horse oh, bite? No, the horse bite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my brother oh, was so good at those. Good Back of the car, I could get every time and I could never do it. My little hands, my little delicate <laughs> hands. The other one that was big in primary school was the elephant fuck. What's that? I've never heard of it. Someone had sort of knee you in the butt. Oh. Elephant fuck. Maybe that was just specific to our school. Why was it called elephant fuck, though? I think because elephants, I guess, have a real big dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, like a size of a leg or a knee. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure, sure. That okay. was Thinking back, that was just one guy, and he only did it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it, was it your brother? <laughs> it was a real specific tradition in our house. <laughs> elephant fuck. And do, they, do you yell elephant fuck whilst doing it? Yeah, he'd say it as he did it. So he's primary school, high school. Primary school. Oh, wow. Elephant Saying fuck. elephant fuck in primary school, too. <laughs> Sounds like we need to call the principal. Jesus Christ. Hey, all that's, good fun, guys. <laughs> no, you were bullied. Everyone's going, are you all right, man? Hey, no, we're, all, we're equally having fun. <laughs> oh, I'm only crying because I'm laughing so hard. Yeah. <laughs> no, he got, me, he got me real good. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Unrelated. <laughs> Oh, anyway, that's not what Effie said. Effie did not elephant fuck her. Well, what was her response? Locked and loaded. She said, it doesn't bother me in the least, Daddy. I'm not afraid of them. That's what she said. She's like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to give a shit if that whole town elephant fucks us. <laughs> <laughs> Let them form a line <laughs> to elephant fuck us. Elephant fuck. <laughs> Honestly, you've never heard of that. <laughs> never heard of that, that concept, man. I'm sure I did it because I, 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 I can imagine the feeling. Yeah. I can, so I know it's happened, but it was never called an elephant <laughs> fuck. So that's very funny. <laughs> so they quickly put together a show, naming it Something Good, Something Sad. Oh, okay. <laughs> and selling tickets at the local drugstore <laughs> with a hand-painted sign that read, Lovely costumes, rare and sweet music, laughter by the yard. 
sad. Bit of fun. What's the sad bit? Why are you hamming that up? Maybe it's like a play on something good, something bad. Something good, something sad. (laughs) (laughs) That's like that phrase, bad. That's what our show is. (laughs) And you're not like the... The counterpoint to sad is good. It's, they're not really selling themselves there, are they? Good. Something good. Something good. Something, Something okay. Yeah. <laughs> Something that'll make you cry. They're not over-promising. Yeah, that's true. So that's all right. I yeah. mean, it's your first show. You don't want to sell yourself to... You don't want to be like, the greatest show in the entire universe. That's true. That's a you good know? point. So maybe like underplay it and exceed expectations. Yeah. Maybe that's the aim here. I don't know. And then, only a couple of weeks later, the big night was upon them. January 20th, 1893, an audience gathered to see the show. And they've had two weeks lead up. Yes. <laughs> so that's write the show, rehearse the show, yeah. promote the show, sell the tickets. Yeah. But also, they've promised, what were the costumes? Um, lovely. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, I, thought it, I thought they promised even bigger than that. No, lovely costumes, rare and sweet music. Okay. And laughter by the yard. The biggest uh, yeah. promise, I think, is laughter. Yeah. By the yard. Which sort of contradicts the sad part of the title. Mm. But pathos. <laughs> but imagine yeah. that. Sadness by the yard. Yeah. <laughs> Come on down. You can't, you can't sell that. Um, so, yeah, it's the, there's a crowd coming to see the show. The opener. Set the tone. Ella performing a self-written ballad called Old Sam Scratch in blackface. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Jesse was up next playing the harmonica and sang a song called Oh, Why Did They Dig Ma's Grave So Deep, Little Nelly? <laughs> is she trying to break into her mother's tomb? <laughs> yeah, that's what it says. Why? <laughs> oh, why is it so deep? I just want to get the jewels out of there. Jesus. Oh, why did they dig Ma's grave so deep, Little Nelly? <laughs> little Nelly. Yeah, so why long. are you asking Nelly? Why is this Nelly's problem? Oh, why did they dig Ma's grave so deep, little Nelly? That's funny. All right, so far, have we had laughter by the yard or the sadness? Hard to say, okay. very hard to say. And I will mention as well, there is no further mention of blackface, so just just to let the cringe go. Um, but not great, is it? Not, not good at all. Not a good opener. Not a good start. Not a good start, no. Throughout the show, the sisters performed a series of skits and musical numbers, poetry... Mouth harp playing. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't get a harp. Or is, it, is that harmonica? Oh. Yeah, maybe. Or is there a separate thing? Oh. Yeah, it must be. There's probably a separate thing. Essay reading, fake hypnosis, and other fake artistic hypnosis. expressions. <laughs> fake hypnosis. We don't do don't, don't any of that don't, real yeah, hypnosis. That. But if you come up stuff. here and, and we tell you to do something, you just you do better. It. And now you're hypnotized. Oh, like, like a chick. Yes, good. You're way ahead of me. <laughs> do you, um, so, are variety shows a big thing at the time, or is this yeah. pretty revolutionary? No, okay. it's, it's big, yeah. And so, at the end of the night, they'd made a little over $200, which this is like the late 1800s. That's heaps of money. Yeah, good on them. So, they made really good money, and they thought, we're onto something here. Are you looking up mouth harp? Yeah, it's. I th- have oh, you mouth, heard of Jews harp? Mouth. It's also known as harp, Jews yeah. harp, uh, Vargan mouth harp, Gilgor, Goombard, Combus, Trump, Ozark harp, Galatian harp, Berimbau de Boca, or Merchunga. Wow. It's a lamellophone instrument consisting of a flexible metal 
or bamboo tongue or yes. reed attached to a frame. I imagined it as something you sort of, yeah, 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 that's more what I was imagining. I was imagining something you have in your mouth and you oh, okay. you move your mouth, I think, to, I think I to change the note and oh. then you press the little thing and it, it bounces a bit and makes a sound. It looks like yeah. a torture device. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, get your nuts in there. <laughs> <laughs> so different to a harmonica. So that is important. Yeah. So yeah, they they make good money. Um, first shows a success, and they're they're onto something. So they decide to take the show on the road. The nearest city was Cedar Rapids, but it seems that the sisters had performed mostly to friends and well wishers in their hometown, who maybe had been too generous an oh, audience. That's right. It's easy to smash opening night at the comedy festival with your yeah, family and friends. In exactly, there. because the fo- city folk of Cedar Rapids hated them. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Little Nelly, come on! They hated them. The crowd threw cigars, food, and anything else they could get their hands on as the sisters sang and bowed from the stage. Oof, all I've got oh. is money. I'll peg them with it. That's heartbreaking. <laughs> so what? So obviously they weren't good singers. No, <laughs> you hadn't mentioned that yet. I know, and literally, <laughs> I knew that this would be your reaction. So my next sentence covers this. Okay. The elevator pitch of this story made me laugh. A group of sisters travel around doing a terrible show, okay. <laughs> but then in reading more about them, I felt a bit bad, and I didn't want to mock them. But one part of a <laughs> of a really great story about them really turned it around for me. And so again, it's from Jack L. High. He says no reasonable person could see the audience respond as ad- could see the audience response as adulation. The cherries were taunting the public and performing badly was essential to their formula. So essentially there's arguments all through it but pretty much they were they were in on it. They were playing the villain sort yes. of. They're like a parody of a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds funny. They sort of went we, I don't know if it I don't think it started in that way. Right. But they kind of went, well, we're doing this show and we're like and and we're getting good audiences and we're making good money and we'll just keep doing it. This is a classic Tommy Wiseau. Oh, I meant the room to be bad. Yeah. It's okay. terrible. Now a tour of the world showing how bad it is. So Sophie who suggested it, her pitch was it's the original the room. Oh, <laughs> that's wow. great. So that's the tone to <laughs> look at it with. Did and Sophie have a surname? No, just said Sophie, Sophie. So I'm not sure which Sophie it was. Anonymous. Um, so, yeah, because I, I sort of thought the same thing. Originally, I was like, this is so funny. And then I read more about them. And I'm like, they seem quite nice. I don't like just hearing about a group of young women getting stuff thrown at them. But they do very well out of it. So um, I think I think I believe that they were very much in on it. He also writes that after rioters began breaking up furniture, the management darkened the lights and told everyone to leave. As the press portrayed the event, the Cherries misinterpreted this tumult as an eruption of enthusiasm for their talents. But of course the crowd had a different intent and the sisters could not have failed to realise it. So it's the same sort of thing, like they're aware of the audience not loving them, but it was sort of the original, it's so bad, it's good. Yeah. And so they they lent in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's very very funny. But the press are writing stuff like the sisters thought that they were tearing the the room yeah. apart because they loved it. Yeah, exactly. You're tearing the room apart. <laughs> <laughs> so well, who is who's he saying to? You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> Lisa, <laughs> you're tearing the room apart, Lisa. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> 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 uh, 
um, the the editor of the Cedar Rapids Gazette said, um, if some indefiable instinct of modesty could not have warned them that they were acting the part of monkeys, it does seem that the overshoes thrown at them would convey the idea. Okay. So people are throwing stuff at them. Back in the days they wore undershoes as well. Mm. Double shoes. Double shoes. Or is that what they called socks back then? Maybe that was the old name for socks. Yeah, Get must your be. undershoes and your overshoes. Get your oh, undershoes. I'm getting pegged in the face with a sock. <laughs> <laughs> so they got this, this terrible mean review from the Cedar Rapids Gazette and they saw it as an opportunity for more publicity and to really milk the attention that they were getting. So they just... Oh, that dis- so... Sort of wiling. Yeah. They're just onto it. They disputed the Gazette review of their show, claiming it was libel, and agreed to take part in a sham trial in front of an actual judge... And in front of an audience the next night. So essentially, get a judge down. We'll have this. We'll have the whole courtroom scene play out in front of an audience. We'll charge tickets for it, obviously. Oh, great! They're marketing geniuses. Yeah. yeah. So there, they imagine are- being able to get people out for that the next night. Yeah. Hey, town, we're doing a show. It's a weird new show where it's a fake court case. I know you it's saw on tomorrow. You saw us last night and threw stuff at us, but come to the court case. It'll be fun. It'll be different. So they there at that show, they argued that editor Fred Forks had written maliciously and he was convicted, in inverted commas, commas and sentenced to hard labour on the cherry farm, plus an additional pe- penalty of having to marry one of the cherry sisters. <laughs> <laughs> There's no worse penalty than that. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh i got to pick one. So he, he's in on this as well. He's coming to the part, be part of the trial. Yeah, he came to be part of it. He's not like He's not in on the show or he's not really... I don't know, but he, he agreed to... He's like, if you're going to sue me, then you've got to have to do it, like, in your show. And so that's what they did. He did not marry any of he them. He didn't? No. Didn't they already have a pact where they wouldn't get married? Yeah, it was, but that wasn't them saying, you've got to marry one of us. It was the judge saying, oh. you've got to marry one of them, which, I mean, like, that's weird. I guess it's that he's, like, uh, he or she is a regular judge. Usually. Dave, it's the 1800s. <laughs> he's a yeah, regular that, judge. That was my feeling. Anyway... <laughs> But thank you. He uh, or she could be an 1800s judge. <laughs> um, you get the feeling that usually the judge has to follow the letter of the law. But in a fun mock trial, you're like, this is the kind of stuff that I've been wanting to try out in my court. He's ad living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, making up some wacky stuff. He's like, you got to, um, you got to work on their farm, yeah. and uh, you got to marry one of them, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you got to pull your pants down for three months. Yeah, and put your <laughs> shoes on backwards. <laughs> How about that? You're out of shoes. Yeah, put your undershoes on backwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't usually get to say this kind of stuff. <laughs> the power's gone to my head. God, it's, it's good <laughs> to let loose. <laughs> yeah. So the Cherry Sisters returned home, having made a decent wad of cash over a very short period of time. A wad's the best kind of amount. Oh, could not cash. agree, yeah. Could not agree. <laughs> could not agree. Especially, I'm so sorry, I could not agree. Especially a decent wad. Yeah, Make, a decent wad. Oh, I've made an absolutely decent wad of cash. Ooh, how much did that set you back? Well, half a decent wad. Ugh, decent Bunsen burner, this one. <laughs> yeah. After some thought, a couple of months later, they were back out on the road. They were sort of like, do we want to... Keep doing this? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, one of the sisters' worry was, oh, we might get ridiculed two nights later <laughs> in a new town. Mm-hmm. People are throwing cigars <laughs> and socks at you, <laughs> booing you. And you're, she's like, I, 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 this is what I warned you about. <laughs> she's like, this is exactly what I didn't want to happen. And they had no, it sounds like no real history of performing, apart from one was a musician. Yeah, one was a painter. And then the rest, they're just like, oh, oh I'm normally a farmer, but 
I'll have a go. I'm usually a professional baby, but I guess I could sing a song. <laughs> professional baby. <laughs> I've looked up undershoe as well. It's a covering for the foot, sturdier than a sock, worn under the outer shoe. Why were shoes in so many parts? <laughs> Guys, <laughs> just figure out shoes. How many layers were shoes back then? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, right. It's yeah. like a thick sock. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, they're back out. Heading out on the road, Effie later wrote, No doubt, dear reader, you will ask why we continued in the entertainment field when we had such heavy odds to contend with. She mused in her memoir. That's a fun (laughs) sentence too. The reason, she says, was simple. We were alone in the world and had our own way to make. Father had left no money at his death and it was hard work sometimes to make ends meet. And when we saw the crowds we could draw and we knew we gave a very pretty and refined entertainment, why should we let them down us? So they're kind of like, well, fuck them. If they're going to give us our, their money and we can make, you know, we can support ourselves on it, well, like, I don't care what they think of us. Yeah. It's like they're, they're playing the heel in a wrestling match. Yeah. Yeah. So Only there's no, what's the other, there's no face. face. Mm. So off they went performing around Iowa. In Davenport, a newspaper critic lamented their unutterably rank show. <laughs> rank is so funny. Unutterably that rank. Is rank. Unutterably Couldn't rank. possibly utter how rank this show was. <laughs> I love the word rank. Yeah, rank's great. So good. In De- uh, Dubuque, management banned the crowd from bringing rocks greater than two inches in diameter. <laughs> okay. so, Freaking hell. Guys, come on. Let's not go crazy with the rocks. So on the way in with security, empty your pockets and they get out the ruler and go, uh, mm. yep, yep. Are you trying to get a small boulder in here, mate? Piss off. Yeah, get that one out. Hope they got the chicken wire up. Yeah. That... They did. Yeah, right. Seriously, they <laughs> were protected. Did, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Blues Brothers style. They Getting hit with that. a rock. Like even a two-inch diameter rock. Just how funny that sentence starts with, like, they banned the crowd from bringing rocks greater than two inches in <laughs> oh, diameter. <yeah. laughs> but like, to... like last week when Dave was telling us about the snooker ball duel. Yeah. It'd be the same thing. You get hit flush in the middle of the head, you'd be dead. Yeah. Hit hard enough. Um, but, you know, just because you can't bring in big rocks doesn't mean you can't bring in turnips, cabbages, and other objects you can throw onto stage. So, so they weren't measuring the cabbages? No, you could bring any size cabbage you want. Yeah, that'd be be great. So they're getting paid. They're also getting all this free food. Yeah. Exactly. They're walking around on the stage with a big boiling pot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> catching it. We got soup for days. <laughs> Apparently one time someone sprayed a fire extinguisher at the stage. Because they were too hot. Yeah. Just a baffling <laughs> This act is on fire. <laughs> Take that as a compliment. There were sure. police there and they still did that. It's like, oh. Um, this is from Al High again, um, which is a great, great read. It'll be listed in the um, show notes. It says, thus emerged the Cherry Sisters' routine of giving a performance, seeing good ticket sales, enduring audience misbehaviour, <laughs> expressing outrage, and returning right back to the stage. So they just kept, they just kept going. So they'd give it back to the crowd too. Um, be annoyed by it. Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, you just go on with, but yeah. they'd storm off. Is that what you're saying? Maybe it was like when he says expressing outrage, it might be like being frustrated behind the scenes. Yeah, all right. Obviously, but it's not oh, a nice okay. thing to endure. But on stage, she's singing, Why is my mother's grave so deep? Little, Little Nelly. Nelly. <laughs> It'd be interesting because any pressure of it being good would be off. So the art would become being bad at it. So yeah. you'd sing further off key. And yeah. yeah. I guess it'd be a fine line. You can't make it too ridiculous. Yeah, it's got to be. It's hard. That line is actually surprisingly spot. hard. The audience of the time, and like you were saying, was vaudeville, vaudeville, that kind of variety show, big. 
Um, it was, but it wasn't a particularly refined or cultured audience. Um, they were often hostile and disliked women performers, especially ones who flouted traditional female roles. Very few vaudeville acts found success despite all of these challenges. I should say female vaudeville acts. But the Cherry Sisters were one of the lucky few. For the next three years, the sisters toured the Midwest. As word spread, other towns clamoured to get tickets to see for themselves just how bad the Cherry Sisters were. (laughs) So So funny. funny. Reviewers also tried to one-up each other, just writing the worst reviews. In fact, in 1930, Time magazine noted, in every town that the Cherry Sisters played, it was, in, it was an invariable custom for the editor of the local paper to review their act with a column and a half of humour, satire, parody and biting sarcasm. So it was kind of part of the game, is that reviewers would be over-the-top mean about their show as well. Right. Which I guess in turn then drums up more publicity and popularity for them. Yeah. Very strange. The Cedar Rapids Gazette, as we uh, mentioned before, their review said they were simply awful. At one minute, the scene was like the incurable ward in an insane asylum. The next, it was like a camp meeting. Cigars, cigarettes, everything was thrown at them, yet they stood there awkwardly bowing their acknowledgements and singing on. Imagine getting a cigarette thrown at you. <laughs> Whilst bowing. Did you even notice? Because <laughs> it was lit, yeah. landed in your hair. If it's like a, a fresh one, you'd be like, sweet. Yeah. Look at that. I could use that as a currency in prison. <laughs> Put that, have a plan B. Put that in the old prison pocket. <laughs> prison pocket. Well, go on. That sounds like a euphemism for a vagina. <laughs> I think it's your ass. The prison pocket. That's good stuff. <laughs> A few years later, in 1896, a man named Willie Hammerstein was managing his father, Oscar Hammerstein's, uh, Olympia Theatre in New York City. The theatre was new but struggling, and Willie had heard of the crowds that the Cherry Sisters were pulling. In an interview, he said, I've been putting on the best talent and it hasn't gone over. I'm going to try the worst. So the Cherries hit Manhattan in November of that year and the New York Times was there for the momentous occasion. They wrote, It was a little after 10 o'clock when three lank figures and one short and thick walked awkwardly to the centre of the stage. They were all dressed in shapeless red gowns made by themselves almost surely and the fat sister carried a, a bass drum. They stood quietly for a moment, apparently seeing nothing and wondering what the jeering laughter they heard could mean. The fat sister. I know. <laughs> so much of it is just so unnecessary. In the, in their Manhattan debut, Jesse performed a solo rendition of the song Corn Juice. <laughs> corn juice. As delicious as corn juice. Delicious as corn juice, for I'm corn juice. The twist at the end is that they're corn juice. Hit in the face with a lit cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) A critic wrote about corn juice, a sentimental song that convulsed the audience. Yeah, I can see that happening. Corn juice. Corn juice. Well, it was probably a delicacy of the time. Corn juice. Yeah. How do you juice corn? 
Mush it up. Oh. I'd have called it corn milk. Oh. <laughs> Yuck. Addie and Lizzie crooned an Irish ballad, and Addie read The Mystery of the 19th Century, an essay she wrote. Oh, that's fun. I like going out and seeing an essay read yeah. by an amateur writer. <laughs> there was also a, a sung quartet, and a, a critic wrote, a sad piece, but not as the cherries did it. The audience roared. <laughs> I laughed at them doing a sad song. A sad song. song. Very confusing. The act climaxed with one of the sisters' signature entertainments, a short play called The Gypsy's Warning, in which Effie played a soothsayer who warns the innocent maiden, played by Lizzie, of the evil intentions of a crude and mustachioed suitor, played by Ad. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stressing. <laughs> That has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me, and that feel, that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit. He, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> that is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. The Gypsy's Warning soon attained the status of theatre legend. The skips, the skit's opening line, Lady, in that green grave yonder lies the Gypsy's only child, became a popular punchline. <laughs> How? How is that a punchline? I don't know. It's so long. Say it again. Lady, in that green grave yonder lies the Gypsy's only child. Yeah, that sounds real sad. No, Matt, it's a very popular punchline. Oh, now I get it. Baffling. It's just that this this skit they end on, it's like people are coming to the show like, do it, do the line. Oh, that's their big closer. Yeah. Gypsy in the grave ground yonder, yeah. Do it, yeah, do the gypsy's warning. She said the thing. The Times concluded their review by referring to the sisters as four freaks from Iowa. 
and four wretched women. And that it is sincerely to be hoped that nothing like them will ever be seen again. I should have mentioned earlier, (laughs) much earlier probably, that one of the sisters, Ella, I think, um, she stopped performing with them. Yeah, because there was more than four at some point. Yeah, yeah. there's five of them. Um, After the first, like, few shows, she was like, yeah, I'm. I'm just going to stay at the farm. My self-esteem is not up for yeah, this. Yes, like, I don't want to do this. Um, but there's it's still. It's so four funny of them that the reviewers ne- didn't cotton on. It's like it's you haven't read any other reviews. Mm. Like this is kind of what it is now. Mm. So you should you should be there should be some sort of a change in a shift in how you're in the review. Something like seeing it. Not as bad as I hoped. One star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or like or, or like beautifully awful or whatever. You know. Yeah. Like, it's a, that. They've decided not to change. They're not still going out there going, we'll kill again with this. Yeah. They're, they're aware of the reviews they're getting, of the audience reactions, and they're still doing it. It feels like that review, but I guess it, like now they'd, there'd be more talk of it between the towns mm. probably. But you'd think now they'd be like, everyone was going to see this famously awful show, and it did not disappoint. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, it's, again, maybe it's sort of like what we were saying before about the reviewers trying to kind of one-up each other uh, with yeah. their terrible, mean reviews. <laughs> so I think they're like, they're trying to be dicks about it or something. I don't know. It's hard to know. It is rank beyond words. <laughs> un, un, what was it? Unutterably rank. <laughs> it's fucked. Apparently, fresh produce was said to be scarce in New York City because of the demand for projectiles. Wow. <laughs> People like rocking up with like full backpacks. They're ready shit. to go. Yeah, New York was already a pretty big city by then. I'm guessing. Yeah, is the Hammersmith? Did that go on to be a famous theater? Hammerstein. Hammerstein. It's so. not there anymore. Um, I, but I believe this one, or maybe it was another one that he built shortly afterwards, is like where Times Square is now. Right. Yeah. Oh, cool. Because so I was right in the heart of yeah old New York. So even with all those reviews and fresh produce being just sold out everywhere, the show ran for six weeks, drawing in big crowds and saving the theatre from bankruptcy by the 12th day. Wow. So in under two weeks, they've saved this theatre from... And it's only... The theatre had only opened the year before. It was a new theatre. It was struggling. He was probably going to go bankrupt. Under two weeks of having um, the sisters performing, he's, he's in the clear. That's ridiculous. That's amazing. And before that, he just had, like you said, world-class talent. Yeah, he'd been booking the best. That's a massive hit show. Yeah, it's, it's huge. They're, like, they're, they're running for six weeks in New York, selling out. What year did you say this was? Was it 1888 this was, or just after? Uh, this was 80, 86, 18, 1896, sorry. So in 1890, it was there was already, yeah, Pushing up towards three million people in New York City, so it's already a, it was a big, big place, big town, yeah. And they sold out of fresh produce in a city of three million people. Yeah, how much produce are they all bringing individually? <laughs> Too much. <laughs> They're bringing enough. For, like, well, how big is the theater? A couple of thousand or something? Like, you think the first few shows, people would just be like, "All right, what have I got on me to throw?" Yes, you know. And Bob for watch. me, yeah, <laughs> jacket. Top hat. Ooh, half a pumpkin. <laughs> Why do you have that on you? I take it everywhere I go. I take my pumpkin Couple everywhere. of cigarettes in my prison pocket. <laughs> my pumpkin is my best friend. <laughs> I might get hungry. All lonely. I'm going to funk them hungry. <laughs> you better believe me. 
After New York, the Cherry Sisters began what the New York Times called a triumphant tour of the United States and Canada that lasted for several years. Whoa! They must be. Are they making serious coin for themselves? Yeah, they're doing very well. Oh, thank goodness. Nathan's like, God, I wish I could be part of this yeah. shit show. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's rocking up backstage. Hey, hey, um, I reappeared. Do you guys need a manager? <laughs> They s- I'm also a terrible actor. <laughs> <laughs> I can suck. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're on the road for several years, but they still had their disputes with critics along the way, of course. In uh, Oldbolt in 1898, the editor of the local paper wrote, their long skinny arms equipped with talons at the extremities swung mechanically and soon were waved frantically at the suffering audience. Their mouths opened like caverns and sounds like the wailing of the damned souls. He accidentally went to the sloth enclosure (laughs) at the zoo. (laughs) Watching, speaking of horror movies, yeah. yeah, sounds like yeah, he's he's gone accidentally seen some howler monkeys yeah. with their mouths opened like caverns. Wow, always oh, eating some really strong cheese before bed. Yeah, <laughs> that's Ugh. a nightmare. Sounds like wailing of of damned souls issued there from. Not um, a lot of that one actually has anything to do with the show and feels super sexist. <laughs> um, so the sisters sued the paper for defamation. As well as another paper. We don't have talons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon you'd, you'd, you'd be able to prove that pretty quick. Well, they had them on the night, though. They've gotten rid of them since. They've trimmed their talons. They've trimmed their talons. <laughs> um, yeah, they sued the paper and another one in uh, De- Des Moines? Des Moines, Iowa, where Bill Bryson's from. Ah. His well, first book said, or his first book about America said, uh, I come from Des Moines, Iowa. Someone has to. <laughs> Amazing. Did. God, he was so bitter so early. <laughs> he was. Um, yeah, a paper in Des Moines had reprinted the review as well, so they sued both papers. In a landmark case, the Iowa Supreme Court eventually ruled in favour of a newspaper's right to freely criticise public performances, stating the editor of a newspaper has the right, if not the duty, of publishing for the information of the public fair and reasonable comments. That's right. It's their duty to warn people of your talents. Yeah. And when you open your mouth, it's like the souls of the damned. <laughs> that was a typo. We said you've got long arms with talent at the end. Oh. Your fingers are very talented. Yeah. And it goes on to say, surely if one makes himself ridiculous in his public performances, he may be ridiculed by those whose duty or right it is to inform the public regarding the character of the performance. Apparently this case is still frequently held up as a precedent in contemporary court cases. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, yeah. So... Can I uh, still listen to these Bill Bryson books? There was one uh, anecdote he told and when I was listening last night about how funny English people are. And it's this long run-up. It was paragraphs long about how the trains went running and stuff. And then he, he, he got on this train and it hadn't gone. It was just sitting there. And he was the only one on there. And this guy with a big bushy beard. So bushy it could fill a, a mattress, he said. Oh. <laughs> and then he goes, and I asked the man, I said, how long have you been waiting here for? And the guy goes, well, put it this way. When I got here, I was clean shaven. And then he goes, I like that very much. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. He's like, English people are so funny. Check out this long story. <laughs> well, fun which, songs worth the payoff. Yeah, which ends in a very funny way. So. I mean, for, um, nothing to nothing, not having to go up this bearded man. 
It's a funny little quip on the train. Just answer the question. <laughs> How long? Ten minutes? Longer? But he said it was, he said it was a decade. He's, thought, he's got this memory. He's carried it around with him for, for a decade or so. I think ultimately what you're remembering there, Bill, is just a nice human moment. Yeah. You and that guy had a little laugh. It wasn't particularly funny, not pre- probably worth um, retelling verbatim, but um, it was a nice moment of connection. And he was talking, he's like, you know, they just wouldn't understand that kind of irony in America. Irony. Or he, he might have even said anywhere else in the world. Oh. Another example he gave was uh, buying a ticket for the bus, he said. And and I said, how much is that? Uh, he said, can I get a receipt? And the guy goes, well, the ticket's free, but it's $18.50 for the receipt. <laughs> and he goes, if they said that in America, they would be confused. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not a, like, he's kind of, he, well, he's wrong, firstly. Um, but also... Does he think he's above all Americans because he does get it? I'm not, yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure. But I'm like, America's got a fair history of comedy as well. Yeah. I know England does as well. But I think both yeah. countries get jokes. Yeah, yeah. Mate, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't spent that much time in either, so maybe not. But It's so funny. Oh, you've got to say that anywhere else. Yeah, like, would not get it. Any get other it. country in the world would not get that kind of level of comedy. Would not have a <laughs> Maybe. Clue. I mean, this was from the mid-90s. Maybe we wouldn't have got it back then. Maybe Americans have only just caught on to comedy yeah. since. They did. Yeah, anyway, whatever. <laughs> I'm still listening. I'm still enjoying it, but there's so much of it, I'm like, Bill, I don't know no. how or why you're still listening. <laughs> Is it hate listen now? Yeah. No, it's not. I, I fall asleep to it every night. But the guy reading it, his voice is so irritating. Mm. Oh, he's got a, he's very talented, the voice actor, I reckon. Very talented. talented how so? Well, he can. He does a lot of accents. Some of there was one recently oh, that was no. a, a questionable accent, but mainly like American and English accents. He does quite well. But what you don't know is he is dressed up in oh. costumes of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's doing a little play in his soundproof like, booth oh, mate. somewhere. It's just audio. Stop it. You don't have to do a costume change. I can't do it. the voice without the costume. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. Hello, Squire. Hello. <laughs> Took me 30 minutes to get ready for that line. Now I've got a big hat on. Okay, so He's I'm... wearing a big fake beard. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it this way. <laughs> Sorry to our regular listeners who have, over the last few weeks, had to start hearing me talk about Bill Bryson a lot. I love it. I don't. I hate it. Um, after a few more years of touring and making great money for themselves, by the turn of the century, the taste of theatre goers was changing. Theatre goers. <laughs> People didn't want vaudeville shows anymore, and they weren't being offered. The sisters weren't being offered theatres in big cities to big audiences anymore. Um, while they were doing shows in Hot Springs, Arkansas, in 1903, Jessie, the baby of the family, became quite ill. She'd contracted malaria and typhoid. Shit. And passed away at the age of 33. Oh shit. Effie later wrote, all the joy of our life was gone with the death of our little sister, for she was one of God's most perfect flowers. Was she the baby? Yeah, Jessie was the youngest. Without Jessie, the remaining sister... I I mean, it's equally sad for any of them dying. (laughs) (laughs) Not the baby. Oh, not the little one. (laughs) Picturing a real big baby. Yeah. 33, I know a guy who uh, (laughs) died at 33. Not Bill Bryson. (laughs) No, another bearded man. But he rose again, much like Bill Bryson. Bill Bryson has written... The books are really... Like, his short history of everything is a a very good book. How does he bring him up? I just talked about one of them dying. (laughs) You're like, the thing about 
Bill Bryson. Dave did it that time. Dying. That's something that Bill Bryson hopefully won't have to do. <laughs> he actually said in this book. That, <laughs> that was you that time. He, he said that you. He said he's going to live forever. He did say that. <laughs> Love you, Bill. <laughs> We're going to come in one day. Matt's going to have like a Bill Bryson T-shirt on. And it's just going to slowly, he's going to morph into Bill Bryson. And then he's just going to hand us a pamphlet one time to join a Bill Bryson cult. Yeah, you want to join the, <laughs> the good word of Bill? <laughs> <sighs> Our Lord and Saviour. So without Jesse... <laughs> So are died. they down to three now? Yeah, they're down on to the tour. Three or two, no. yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, maybe they can get the fifth sister back. No, they decided to stop performing right. and they returned home. Oh. So they'd made really good money in their heyday, up to six hundred dollars a week, the equivalent of more than seventeen grand in today's money. Oh, that's like that's like you know in their peak. I'm sure it, like it fluctuated, Holy but shit. you know, yeah, especially the new uh, the New York run. Yeah, six weeks of that, they're making Holy really shit. good really good cash. Great. And did they put any aside? Yeah, yeah. So with their savings, the sisters opened a bakery in Cedar Rapids, specialising in cherry pies. Oh, great! <laughs> Love that. Warrant sang a song about that later on. Is that too old of a song for you guys? It was before you were born. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Is that she's yeah. my cherry pie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Who was it? Warrant. Warrant. One hit wonder. Mm. Where do I know that? I know it from a 90s movie, I think. Could be Wayne's World. Anyway. Um, yeah, the very Wayne's Worldy sort of sound. Yeah. How, I'm loving some of the city names in this story. Cedar Rapids, Cedar Rapids. Great, So yeah. good. There's a movie, I think, called Cedar Rapids. Yeah, I thought. A comedy movie, maybe with very... Will. Will. Guy used to be on Saturday Night Live. Feral. Oh, no, maybe not Will then. He's oh. the last man on earth. I think he's in it. Will Arnett. <laughs> not Will Arnett. How many <laughs> funny Wills are there? He's in Last Man on Earth, isn't he? Oh, it could be. Who's the main guy, though? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and and the other, uh, Hot oh, no, Springs. Not Will Arnett. Hot Springs sounds cool as well. Hot Springs, yeah. Hot Springs, Arkansas. Yeah, sign me up. That is fun. I want to go there. Fuck, now who am I thinking of? Doesn't matter. Will Forte. Will Forte, thank you. Um, so, yeah, they, they had their bakery. They lived in Cedar Rapids in a house decorated with a, um, like, they had their family coat of arms. They had souvenirs from their theatre career and a large portrait of Jesse. It sounds like they fucking nailed it. Yeah, they did like, pretty well. Absolutely. They got in, made a living, like, sort themselves out for the rest of their life, set themselves up at the bake. Having a bakery in Cedar Rapids just makes me feel happy. Yeah, it sounds lovely, doesn't it? Amazing. Yeah. Um, Effie struggled a little bit with her now relative anonymity, and so she decided Ah. to run for mayor of Cedar Rapids. Oh, I do say. I do say, Miss Mayor. This is some of her initiatives. Have a think about if you would um, vote for her as mayor. Okay. 9 p.m. winter curfew for adults. No. Closing public parks to eliminate them as trysting spots for the young. All right, I'm on board. Requiring swimmers to use more modest bathing suits. Mm -hmm. And the outlawing of profanity on the street. Makes fucking sense. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? No, what? What? I don't like I don't like any of those things. I don't think you do love a skimpy bathing suit. Mm, you do don't love you? banging in a park. Well, I like the. I think anyone should be able to skimp out if they want. And it, talking about back in these days, skimpy would have meant showing your ankles. Ankles, yeah. She's like, I want full on skimp suits. I'm drowning under the weight of these board shorts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you to wear oversocks in the water. <laughs> it, he was not in that film anyway. After all that, 
Oh. There's not a single Will in the film. Ed Helms, John C. Riley are the big two. Sigourney Weaver. Oh, my God. Anne Hesh. Oh. Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> fun facts. It's all good fun. So, yeah, she's run for mayor and she received 8% of the votes cast. Okay. Two years later, she repeated her campaign and snagged less than 5% of Ooh. the votes. Less so than five. about but half of last time. But if there was, like, hundreds of candidates, is that enough to win? Yeah, no. Oh. Um, they did perform a few more times over the years, although with their advancing age, audiences no longer uh, threw vegetables at them. Oh. oh they were older ladies. They're like, okay, we're not going to throw shit at you. They threw mushy peas. <laughs> <laughs> Chew them down. <laughs> Soups. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing ladles of soup at them. <laughs> I got a whole big pot of it. I could go all day, ladies. (laughs) I got like 80, 90 ladles here. (laughs) Slap. That's fun. In a real display of doing a 180, after one appearance in Cedar Rapids, the city's paper, which was not very kind to them many years before, called them distinguished local artists. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. They had a brief renaissance in 1934, touring New York, Chicago and Minneapolis and a couple of other places as well. And El High said they had hardly changed their act at all and their costumes now qualified as antiques. They just kept everything the same. Whoa. They didn't have that drive to, like, write new. <laughs> they were just like, that are the classics? Let's keep what works. But that kind of, I mean, that sounds kind of fun, that... Like it's all original stuff for the true fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, and yeah, they they became sort of popular again. Um, so they they did a few more shows, but all good things must come to an end. No, can't be a surprise for people that were alive in the late eighteen hundreds. <laughs> no, tell me, no. <laughs> Ella passed away in nineteen thirty four, and Lizzie in nineteen thirty six. Effie. She was um the uh oh no Effie and Addie were were left and Effie spent her time writing a play and short novels that bore such titles as The Blacksmith's Daughter and Nobody's Child. They were all fairy tales in which poor and beautiful young women, often described as barefoot and pure of soul, survived abandonment and the petty envy of others before finding a real home and true love. Oh, which is very nice. nice. Addie um, passed away in 1942 and Effie in 1944. Still to this day, the true motivations of the cherries remains a mystery. I mean, I've I've done this whole report very much with the tone of like they were in on it, but some people kind of um, wonder if they intentionally put on horrible performances simply for the money, well aware of their lack of talent, or did they actually think they were good at what they did and the negative reviews were unwarranted? Some have argued that they wouldn't have gone to the effort to sue different people if they weren't taking themselves seriously. But others say that they absolutely knew what they were doing and were in on it the whole time. Yeah, that could just be seen as extra publicity. Yeah, exactly. They did the full fake courtroom thing. Yeah. 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 That sounds like they were in on it quick. Yeah. And that was, that was after their second show. Yeah. A reporter for the Des Moines Register wrote, either the Cherry Sisters are completely sincere and take themselves seriously or they are the most accomplished actresses the world has ever known. Okay, so they were they probably believed in themselves, and I according choose, to them. I choose to believe the latter. They are the most accomplished actresses <laughs> the world has ever known. And they took the secret to their grave. Yeah. 
Oh, that's that was a fun story. Yeah. The saddest part of it was the last uh, sister died in 1944 when Fitzroy won their last premiership. She went to her grave thinking Fitzroy are going to be a power forever, and now yeah. they don't really even exist as a team anymore. Wow. No. Makes you think. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it make you think? <laughs> does it? <laughs> does oh, mean? bloody hell, doesn't that make you th- If that doesn't make you think there's something wrong with you, that's yeah. what I always say. I'd have a brain check if I was you. But, yeah, that is my report on the Cherry Sisters. Oh, fantastic. I'm not sure what to call the, the episode. Cherry Sisters, the worst <laughs> act of all time. Don't know. Uh, yeah, something like that's pretty fun. Mm. I like to hope that they're in on it. Yeah, sure. I, I, think, I think it makes it more fun to laugh at. That was great, great uh, fun. I mean, when, when you said blackface, I thought this was going to take a... <laughs> I didn't have to mention it. It's probably good that I did. Anyway. Different time. Oh, yes, 1800s. It's not not okay, but, yeah. Great report, Jess. I love when people suggest a topic like that. Thanks so much to Sophie. And then one of us has a report on it. I had never heard of them. I'm likely to have gone through my entire life without ever hearing about the Cherry Sisters. So, yeah, great report, great suggestion. Don't forget, you can always suggest a topic by uh, going to our website, dogoonpod.com, and anyone can suggest a topic. And, uh, yeah, if you know any sort of obscure stories, mm, let us e- know. even it might be from your country where it's only known in your part of the world, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, they're often the best ones. So we, so many of the ones we do have been suggested by dozens of people, but the ones, often the great ones, are only suggested by a solo Sophie, for instance, today. Yeah. And, uh yeah. I think they're great because they're the kind of stories you just never would... Or, I mean, we wouldn't. I'm guessing in Iowa they're very well known. Oh, they're bet, still huge. I bet one Bill Bryson <laughs> knows their story well. Someone has to. <laughs> Fuck you, love Bill Bryson. <laughs> yeah, you got a funny relationship it's with It's a real love-hate relationship. Mostly yeah. love. Uh, so that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show, which is where we get to start... Thanking some of our great Patreon supporters uh, who support us via patreon.com slash dogoonpod or dogoonpod.com. And there's all sorts of levels you can support, different prices uh, depending on what you want to do. And depending on the level, you get different rewards. Like right at the lower one, uh, you get to at least vote on topics. So at the moment, um, they're my topics. So uh, I think my next one next week will have been voted on by them. Oh, well, pretty much everyone. And then you've got uh, bonus episodes uh, and a Facebook group exclusive to the uh, supporters mm. and a newsletter and... Uh, pre-sales for shows we do. Yeah, you get pre-sales, usually you get discounts. We forgot to do that on one recent show, uh, but we've... We regret it and we'll fix that next time. <laughs> yeah, God, Dave, I hope someone got five for that blunder. <laughs> Dave put it up without a discount and people had already bought tickets and then we feel guilty. We can't, like, we can't put a discount on now because oh, then the people who bought the first tickets won't get the discount. That's unfair. Really threw Dave under the bus too. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, deserves yeah. it because it was his fault. But oh, all those people who attend that show will uh, will, will be there with a few dollars. A couple can come up to me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come up to Dave and he'll give you a, a few coins back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I carry a lot of coins. <laughs> In his prison pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second. Oh, I've got a two dollar here somewhere. Is that I? I didn't get it at first. But that is that a real term? Yeah, you know, prison I've, pocket. I've never butt. heard of the prison pocket as your butt. Smuggle shit in. Well, not shit. Other stuff. <laughs> yeah, the shit you don't put it in there. 
But one of the things of all the rewards... You're doing it wrong if you put the shit in. Put it back in. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, I read it. I read a... Anyway. There's a, a... And just in case it's a topic one day, but there was one story I read looking at topics recently where a woman was putting... Th- anyway, so... um. <laughs> Oh, bit of little, sizzle. Little sizzle <laughs> I don't think I want to hear that topic. No, I, I, re- I read it through and I'm like, I won't put that one up for the yeah, vote. I'm going to delete that one from the hat. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so one of the big uh, uh, rewards you can get uh, by supporting us on the Sydney Scheinberg level is the fact, quote, or question uh, section of the show. It has a little jingle that goes like this. Fact, quote, or question. I'm doing it like the Cherry Sisters have done. <laughs> oh, he's got hit in the face with a bit of cabbage. <laughs> Ow. He always remembers the cabbage. And uh, <laughs> you get, get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question, and you also get to give yourself a title. This week, just looking ahead, we've got three facts and a quote. So here we go. The first one comes from Jamie Griffiths, who's given himself the title of President of the Perth Do Go On Fan Club. Oh. Prestigious title you're holding there, Jamie. Self-appointed too, which is very oh, Well, brave. I can only assume there was a vote. Oh, yeah. And we just weren't notified. I yeah. mean, why would we have been? Yeah, you're right. It's not our business. Hmm. Uh, so Jamie uh, has offered us a fact, and that is, did you know, I reckon Dave might, not, might know this. Okay. Did you know not. Michael Caine's real name is Maurice Joseph Micklewhite Jr.? And you assumed I wouldn't know that. Unfucking believable. You don't fill your brain with mush. <laughs> Only important information in this noggin. I was confess, it Maurice or Morris? I'll confess that I did not know that. I did not did know. Did I knew it was Maurice. I couldn't. I don't. I wouldn't remember the rest. What's of the it. What's the full title again? It's a, it's a beauty. Maurice or Mor- uh, Maurice, Maurice? I reckon Joseph Micklewhite Jr. What a classic. Micklewhite is fun. Maurice MJMJ. Yeah, that's good. Hello, my name is Maurice Micklewhite something. <laughs> Great fact. Thanks, Jamie Griffiths. The next Great one fact. comes from Tessa Chilcott, who's given herself the title of Assistant to the Under Secretary of the Secretary of Secretaries. Oh, an important job. And Tessa has offered us a fact which reads Victoria's first act on becoming queen was to ask for an hour alone. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, it's got to take some me time. <laughs> uh, 18-year-old Victoria had been raised under the strict Kensington system, which kept her sheltered, isolated, and controlled. She was accompanied everywhere by governess, by governesses and slept in the same room as her mother until the day she became queen. It's according to HistoryPress.uk. Was she already married? Or HistoryPress UK. I'm not sure. No. No, she was, wasn't she? She was very young. She Wasn't was 18, she in apparently? Africa with... That's Queen Elizabeth. Second, this is Victoria. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm sure no, of that. I'm sure I saw the crown. <laughs> I did. I'm sure I saw the crown. She was in Africa, she was. <laughs> I wish, yes. yeah, hopefully Victoria, they, my apologies. I hope they take the crown back. I don't know they're not going to do another... Se- are they doing one more season or something? I'd love them to reboot it. Better Victoria. Yeah. I know there are already seasons about some of that. 
Um, that's a cool fact. She'd never been alone, and she went. You know that's what? That's amazing. Now I'm in the top job. I can. Everyone will do what I say. I'd like to be alone for an hour. It's a great use of it. Um, and wow. Tessa writes, can't blame her for an hour alone. She was 18 when she became queen. Not an hour alone until she was 18. Wow, I imagine that she must have done the most horrific fart. <laughs> as as she did holding it in that whole oh, time. Oh, my God. Oh Just my God. really let her rip. Which uh, makes more sense based on Tessa's uh, emoji that she used there. <laughs> That's definitely a, I'm holding in a fart. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Two vomiting faces. Yeah. Or holding in vomit. Uh, thank you so much for that great fact. Tessa. Uh, the next one comes from Vincenzo Giovanni Bonadonna. Oof, I always look forward to the, that name. And uh, Vincenzo's title is The Mandela Man, because I enjoy making them. Check out my Insta at Vinny's underscore Mandela's. <laughs> what's, man, what's a Mandela? It's like a, um, I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's like a very intricate sort of. I love how he worked a plug into his title. Yeah, very really, good. Really good stuff. <laughs> I don't know what it is either. I know what they are. I just don't know how to describe them. Can you give us a broad thing? Like, is it a like a sound drawing kind of thing? Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, So Vinny's or Vincenzo's quote is: "I hate it when people say I'm lollygagging when I'm clearly dilly dallying." Oh, that's a good quote. Oh, they're they're fun. That's fun. Fun illustrations. Uh, He said, "I saw this as a tweet. Very funny stuff. (laughs) That is good." Now I'm on the great man's uh, Instagram, and uh, oh, that's not a good review. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I, it, it, it's asked me to log in. I can't remember my password. That's what's happening over here. Um, really good stuff. Really intricate. Yeah, great work. Because I wasn't sure what a Mandela was, so you've educated me. Yeah, what I thought it might have been Nelson related, but um, that's a different kind of. No, Mandela. these are really great. Mm. Good stuff. All right, cheers, Vincenzo, and finally uh, from Derek Brigham who has given himself the title of ambassador to all the dogs. Oh, that's a big, important job. (sighs) Love him. Derek has offered us a fact, which is, in popular culture, the term going critical is often used in a sense of things going wrong. However, this is not the case in regards to nuclear reactors. Nuclear. Am I saying that right? People used to always make fun of uh, George W. Bush for how he said it. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. Yes, it's always it's funny, isn't it? It how fucks he me says over because now I think of that. Because he, he might have said nuclear. Nuclear. Nuclear, right. So nuclear is all right? Or nu- nuclear? Nuclear? Oh, no. Nu- nuclear. Nuclear. But he said nuclear. Right. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> and then Homer also says, says that too. Nuclear. It's pronounced <laughs> Nuclear. <laughs> Uh, anyway, sorry, Derek, to get sidetracked there. Critically, uh, critically is reached when the nuclear reaction is self-sustaining. So, in other words, going critical is turning the thing on. It's when the reactor goes super critical that you're in trouble, which we probably heard about oh. in a previous report. Yeah, I think I tried to explain how those reactions work. Maybe I didn't do a good job. Well, it certainly didn't stick in my head. <laughs> <laughs> But that, um, I think that makes, I think Derek is really... Yeah, it's when the chain reaction gets out of control and he can't slow it down. Yes. Awesome. Cheers, Derek. That was maybe on the one where the guy kept it open with a screwdriver. Yes, the demon core. Demon core. And then also a bit on the Chernobyl episode too. Uh, Well, that brings us to the time where we thank a few of our other great supporters. Uh, Justin, we comes up with a little game something to do with the episode topic. Can we name their vaudeville show? Yeah, Something great. good, something sad. Okay, fantastic. Love Maybe? It. 
Yeah, I think that's... Uh, or their incredibly long song title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I reckon that's fun. <laughs> Very incredibly long song title is great. We can do, we can do like one word each. All right, looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> what was that noise? I no, I just oh. I'm excited. I think Jess has gone super critical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if I may kick us off, uh, I would love to thank from... Bars Scrub in Queensland, Australia. Matt Stafford. Okay. Um, <laughs> really long song. So what's the example song? Um, oh, why did they dig Mars grave so deep, little Nelly? All right. So probably a few sen- a few words each. I'll I say, say I think in three each. Dear Lily Pal, man. A few words each. Yeah, yeah. Dear, oh. dear Miss Daisy. <laughs> Why'd you leave? <laughs> Eat my lunch. <laughs> That's a beautiful lament. Beautiful lament. That's it. Is that a bracket? Yeah. <laughs> Eat my lunch. <laughs> thank you, Matt. I'd also love to thank from Heathfield in Essex in Great Britain, George Moody. I look to the sky and feel sadness. Oh, my God. <laughs> so many words. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Dave, you go. But then I fell down a well. Eat my dinner. <laughs> Beautiful. We're doing a trilogy here. Yeah. I look to the sky, see sadness, but then I trip down a well, eat my dinner. <laughs> real, they seem to like connect slightly from one to two, and then three takes a real left hand turn. Hey, we're not. I mean, we don't make the rules. This is just how songs went. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Oh, who the fuck was Little Nelly? <laughs> Finally, I'd love to thank from Dayton. Dayton. Ohio in the United States, Lee Agner, or Agni, up in my house attic. <laughs> I like to eat spiders. <laughs> Don't tell mum. <laughs> That's a great. Beautiful, a beautiful song. <laughs> oh, classic Ohio tune. Yes. <laughs> I love beautiful, just lovely. <laughs> Don't tell mum. Can I thank a few people? Yes, please. please. I would like to thank from uh, what I believe is Germany, from uh, Lemgo, it is Frederick Heinen. Frederick Heinen. Okay. So do I kick this off? Yeah, go on. Uh, Tying up my shoe. (laughs) Feeling a deep sadness. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell mum. Yeah, mum, mum's frail. We want to protect her. Yeah, I don't want to. It's hard to be vulnerable. <laughs> I don't want to know that we're having bad thoughts. Well, uh. Protect mum. What is happening? Frederick Heinen. Love that. Uh, thanks so much. I would like to thank now from Croydon Hills in Victoria. It's Claire Hesselmans. Hesselmans. Um, knock, knock, knock. Someone's at the door. <laughs> I'm caught in a sack. Where are my keys? <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of problems there. One, what a bad day. One, you're stuck in the sack. Two, even if you're out of the sack, you don't have your keys to open the door to let someone in. Yes. Oh. Wait, it's not keys? even clear. Maybe the sack's locked as well with a key. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know when you I lose can't your... find my sack key oh, or your my sack house key. key. Your sack lock. Oh. Oh, fuck. Claire Hesselman. <laughs> Having a time. <laughs> I would finally like to thank, uh, from Winter Garden in Florida, it's Lauren Nasser. 
Okay. Um, things be good. Things be great. <laughs> things be popping. <laughs> things be good. Things be popping. No, things be great. Things be popping. That sounds like that's a Johnny number. That's like an encore. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got Everyone time for one more. To that one. <laughs> things be good. Things be great. Things be popping. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming out, everybody. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Oh, fucking hell. Um, I would love to thank some people too, if I may. Please do. From Salem in New Hampshire. Oh, is that where the witch trials are from? That might have been Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Oh, Massachusetts. Couple of Similar sort of area, right? Yeah, all that old Up school in region. That northeast. Yeah. Vaguely. Both called Salem. <laughs> um, I would love to thank Dylan Hooper. Um, oh, do I have to start it? Yeah, you start it. Um, sometimes at night. Oh, I drink the candle. The lion roars. (laughs) (laughs) That's their tummy being like, what the fuck? (laughs) They call their tummy the lion. (laughs) Don't drink candles. (laughs) Uh, I would also love to thank from uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Dempsey Tapley. Oh, fuck, it's me again. I'm <laughs> looking yeah. around. Damn it! Um, uh, I have a thirst. <laughs> Pass the beef. There are scratch marks from inside the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> I have a thirst. Pass the beef. There are scratch marks from inside the coffin. Oh, that's lovely. My goodness. It's more of a... Um, like a metal track, I'm imagining. <laughs> and finally, I would love to thank, oh, not that I want this to end, I would love to thank from Tumal or Tombal in Texas, Alan Peach. Alan um, Peach, great name. Uh, this fruit has a stone. Feeling fruity. Certain. Certain. The most stupid one of all. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So far, I had, I'm feeling pretty locked and loaded before you said fruit. <laughs> so, what, 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 we recap that one? Um, this fruit has a stone. Stone, feeling fruit and fruity. Mm-mm, certain. <laughs> Alan's having a breakdown. Mm-mm, certain. Is that what he, that's what he says when he's putting on a suit? Yeah. Or wearing a suit? I'm certain. <laughs> okay, yeah, we did, we lost a little bit there. <laughs> Really that was fun. that was a true segment for the real the true believers. True believers. <laughs> no, not even first time listeners will be going. What the fuck is going on? That was for us. Yeah, nobody well. else enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing, the final thing we like to do is thank a few of our great uh, long-term supporters, and we welcome them into the Triptych Club. The way you get involved in this is being a subscriber or a supporter on the shout-out level or above for three years straight, and then you get inducted into the Triptych Club, uh, which exists both in our hearts. And, Jess, where is the physical location this week? Um, it is in uh, Salem. Salem. But you have to figure out yeah. which one. And you only – well, we only the, uh, the real inductees find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, to be involved in this, you give us – uh, what do you do? You sign up on the Sydney Scheinberg 
No. <laughs> I forgot what we're talking about. As a shout out level above, you're on there for three months, then three years. <laughs> so you you get get him stay on board for three years, then um, what happens is I'm standing at the door. I got the list. This week we've got it looks like. Seven inductees. Uh, I'm on the door. I'll read out your name. Open the velvet rope. You jump in. Jess is there greeting you with a tray of new cocktails she's come up with related to the show. Dave's booked a band. Who's the band this week, Dave? Oh, we actually have the Cherry Sisters. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, come on. Suck. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Warren. <laughs> but don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got the chicken wire up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We must. So feel free to bring a cabbage or two, <laughs> and but feel make sure the rocks are no bigger than yeah. two inches. Feel free to like buy all the produce in all of New York City <laughs> and bring it down. Yeah, that'd be good. And Jess, do you have some sort of a cocktail? Yeah, yeah. We're having uh, cherry cocktails. Ooh. What's it, what's cherry in? Is it, it's a cherry liqueur, Surely, probably. yeah. What is that? Oh, sh- a, what's a sham or something? Chambord. Is that cherry? Chambord, isn't it? Yeah. Is but that cherry? That's what you put in a jam donut shot, right? Chambord. Fuck, it's so young. Oh, Chambord. It's not cherry, is it? Raspberry. Raspberry. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Um, But we've got, yeah, we've got plenty of cherry stuff. We've got cherry ripes, cherry pie. Um, mm <laughs> <laughs> Um, Yeah, heaps of stuff. Come on down. Holy shit. I've just seen one of the places someone's from. You're going to love it. All right. So, are you ready? So, the way this works is uh, I shout them out. I welcome you in. You ju- you run in. They're, all the previous uh, inductees are lining up either side. Slow clapping. Dave's on the mic. He revs you up. Then mm. Jess, because it takes a lot for Dave to rev someone up. Jess yeah. then boosts up Dave yep. with a little support from Here the side. Here we go. So, first up, from address unknown, it's Will Ross. Oh, there's a Will. There's a Ross. Yes. From Wellard in Western Australia, it's Kate McGilvray. Oh, Kate ooh, McGilvray, that's a good time. Yes! From San Diego, from San Diego in California in the United States, it's Janet Allendorf. Oh, welcome to Planet Allendorf. Oh, yes. yes, 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 yes. How about this one from Cedar Rapids in Iowa? Yes! It's what? Devin Bronze. Oh, Cedar Rapidly into our hearts, yes. Devin. How cool is that? That's that is great. really cool. From Denver in Colorado in the United States, it's Maverick Valdez. Oh, we, got Holy us, shit. we got ourselves a Maverick oh here tonight. My God. From Austin, Texas, stay weird. In the United States, <laughs> it's Tim Lafuente. Oh, Lafuente. We're going to have a good time with that. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, from Brighton in Essex and Great Britain, it's William Hughes. Oh, we're going to have. This guy's real Brighton. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Smart. Bright. Okay. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Dave, you want to boot this baby home? Thank you so much before we go yes. to William, Tim, Maverick, Devin, Janet, Kate, and Will. Maybe the that's got to be up there with some of the best crop of names I've ever had. Yeah, some of them were good. so good, I didn't even I couldn't even do anything with them. It was just the yeah. name just spoke for itself. Back to back, Maverick Valdez and Tim Lafuente. Oh, incredible! Oof. Not forgetting Jalen, Janet Allendorf, Devin Bruns, Kate McGilvray, Will Ross, Oof. William Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, William. Nah, hey, Hughes. He's really you bright know. on. He's really bright on. He's really bright on. Home of Nick Cave. 
Well, uh, that does bring us to the end of the episode. Uh, Dave, you want to boot this baby home? Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can get in contact with us at dogoonpod.com where you can find links to the aforementioned Patreon where you can support the show. We've got merchandise that also supports the show and you can get to rock some sweet threads while you're doing that. Uh, you can check out our gig listing as well as uh, yeah, just get in contact with us at dogoonpod on all the social medias. We're on YouTubes. We're investigating TikToks. We're doing it all. <laughs> live in large uh, but until next time we'll say thank you so much for listening and goodbye Later. bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.